Chapter 6 Then Her Conflicted It was 5.15. I'd been struggling to sleep all night and my alarm was set to go off in precisely an hour. Usually I'd be dead to the world and the constant tick-tocking would sound on by, but then I suppose that to a great number of working people, 6.15 was considerably late to start the day. I looked over. Caleb wasn't back from his run. He'd gone early this time, usually it was a little later, but when he was stressed or had a little more on his mind, he'd go for these runs. I still didn't know how he managed to do it after working so late at night. He'd literally just come to bed and was up already. I wondered what would be on his mind. What could possibly be keeping him from his bed, from me? Could it be worse than what I had to tell him, or was it really work? When he'd come to bed, he tossed and turned quite a bit and eventually fallen asleep, then followed the snoring, so I had no choice but to get out of bed, to maybe clear my mind. I'd walked over to the small French-style balcony just outside our bedroom and stood for a while hoping to catch the remnants of the nightlife. However, it seemed that West India Key also had no tolerance for undesirable noise. The spooky tranquil had forced me back into bed with the hope of some sleep and yet it eluded me. On my mind was an already brewing conversation with KK about the events that took place in Malaysia. The night before, while I was out with the girls, Nina had asked if I told Caleb, but naturally in the ambiance of the chic bar and restaurant, I wasn't going to start that conversation with her, so I'd shrugged it off. She'd caught on. The Barbican kitchen didn't deserve that. We'd been there so many times and it had become our go-to restaurant whenever we really needed to let loose, and in all honesty, it was more of a front on my part. I needed not to think any more, or at least for a few hours about anything else. I'd been a nervous wreck since our return, trying to keep it together and I was failing miserably. I'd had several opportunities to talk to my husband, even with his busy schedule, but the prospect of what he might do and how he'd react was a less desirable one, so I'd pushed it out of my mind and I'd done it again because it was my night out with my girls and I was supposed to have a great time. I needed to have a great time. Someone had brought up my cooking skills during our meal which had led us to revisit the worn out topic of a not so great Christmas present Caleb had gifted me a while back. All my friends knew that I was a terrible cook so I'd known that they wouldn't have minded hearing it again. Caleb, on the other hand, was a genius in the kitchen and had his being an only child to thank for acquiring excellent culinary skills. A cliché, but true. He had bought me cooking classes one Christmas in the hopes of me delving into my creativity and although I was secretly disappointed, I took the classes and even walked away with a signature lasagna. It had been an interesting experience, but definitely not my niche. The remnants had been just what I needed, a distraction. We'd laughed so much and exchanged more stories, causing me to continue a false front of normalcy, a relief that the girls had no clue. I snapped out of it. It was only 5.35, so I decided to jump in the shower, and another few minutes later, I was out and in the kitchen pouring my first cup of coffee 
knowing that any chance of sleep was now an illusion. My coffee was slightly stronger than usual. KK wasn't a big fan of the stuff and was always warning me about the long-term effects of caffeine, but I just couldn't kick the habit. I, along with millions of coffee lovers, believe that, like any other habit, we actually got something out of it. I'd heard, read, and admittedly agreed that people couldn't do without caffeine, but in truth, it was just another fallacy that we all clung onto in the hopes that it was actually true. My addictions were purely psychological. Perhaps I would include it on my list of things to give up one day, but that day was nowhere near, and for now, it was serving a purpose. As I continued my morning ritual of getting ready for work, I pondered over how I would start the conversation, how I would tell Caleb what had happened, hoping he would give me his full attention. I thought about it over and over again in the last few weeks, and each time, the starting was different. He had been super busy with work since my return a few weeks ago. I'd attempted to break him free from his usual schedule and suggested a weekend away, but he dismissed it, saying that they were expanding and he was trying to keep on top of the paperwork. Therefore, a weekend away would not be on the cards for a while. I'd noticed that work dinners and drinks were also becoming more frequent and wondered when my opportunity would come to offload the burden of my trip, to finally tell him that it had been awful and painful and not my fault. Perhaps dinner tonight would give us a chance to talk and discuss a way forward. I felt a tap on my bottom. That was a good run, honey. I feel great. You should join me next time, he said, exhausted. I smiled, but didn't say anything and took a sip of my coffee. I looked at the French panel doors leading out to the patio and for a brief second was distracted by a couple of baby birds sitting on the half-covered patio chairs. The sun was rising and the sky brightening up, getting ready to give its best. It did look nice out there. Spring had definitely kicked in, it seemed. Then I asked, Honey, what time are we meeting tonight? Oh, shoot, came the reply. Kwame and I are playing squash later. I completely forgot we had plans. I would cancel, but I need to discuss something with him. He made his way back into the kitchen, and with sweat running down his face, he kissed my neck. Can we go tomorrow instead? It's just... And before he could finish, I broke in with an answer and said it was fine. He turned me around and kissed me long and hard. I responded, feeling disappointed, but the kiss was so overpowering that disappointment turned into pleasure. Then a sense of familiar comfort, broken by claustrophobia, the same I'd felt a few weeks back. The dizziness, the volcano in my stomach preparing to erupt, I was hallucinating. Was this my husband or my attacker? I tried to wiggle away, but he pulled me back in, even closer. We didn't stop. I didn't stop him. His hands slid down my side the other slowly shoving my robe from my shoulders. He tried desperately to untie the knot in front of it. Caleb had always been very sensual and skillful, and I very receptive. Well, that was before. We pressed against each other for a while, and he untied the robe eventually. Guilt and shame taking over my mind completely. It fell to the floor, 
and so did we.